Matthew chapter 16. And you know, while we're opening up our Bibles, I just want to, I want to say this. You've heard me say time and time again that when Jesus comes back, it's amazing that uh, I've, I've had the privilege of being with several rabbis, many Jewish people in the last week. And in a week or so, or a couple weeks, we're going to have Joseph here on Wednesday from Jerusalem, Joseph Shulam from Jerusalem, where we're sending an offering to, to for the food food kitchen there, and they're feeding something like 250 people a day. And uh, uh, everybody is talking, whether they're Christian or whether they're Jewish or Orthodox Jews, everybody's talking about the coming of the Messiah. The reason why everybody's talking about it is all the signs are there. We're ready for the coming of the Messiah. We're ready for the Messiah to be in Jerusalem. Can I have a loud amen? But if the Lord gives a little bit of time, and you've heard me say this so many times, but I want you to get it. If the Lord gives us a little more time, and I'm not saying he will, but if he does... The promise is, is that when Jesus comes, that he is coming as for a glorious church. He's coming for a bride that is beautiful. He's coming for a bride that is manifesting all the promises of God. He's coming back for a bride without spot, without wrinkle. He's coming back for a bride that will not be sick. I'm a firm believer that we're going into an age that nobody in the church will ever need to be healed again. We're going to live in divine health. That nobody's going to need debts canceled. We're going to live under those open heavens where God is pouring us out more than enough. Somebody say amen. But what we need to decide is those promises of God, they're without repentance. In other words, if God says it, he means it. You know, I used to have a bumper sticker on my car when I first got saved that said, God said it. I believe it, and that settles it. And I heard somebody say, well, God said it, but that settles it whether we believe it or not. But that's not true. In our own personal lives, we have to believe it. God said it, that settles it. But for you and I to connect with it, we need to believe it. We need to receive it. And so when we're talking about the outpouring of God's Spirit... I go back to this all the time because I'm going to show you something that I, that, that I would probably think none of you have ever seen before. God says, God says, our Heavenly Father says, my people, those who believe me, those who are born again, those who have received Jesus as their Savior, my people destroyed for one reason. What is it? The lack of knowledge. Let me read something here to you. You keep your, your finger in uh, Matthew. And I want to read to you out of Proverbs chapter 3, verse 13. Listen to this. Happy. How many want to be happy? We all need to be happy because the joy of the Lord is what? Now, you've got to understand, the teachings of God are not random. They have meaning. They have direction, line upon line, precept upon precept. So if the joy of the Lord is our strength, we need to know how to find that joy. We need to know how to not let anything steal that joy. Okay? So look at this. Happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. Now let me stop you right there. The Bible says with all you're getting, get wisdom and knowledge. 
Wisdom and understanding. Knowledge is knowing the will of God, the mind of God. Wisdom is how we use it. That's why the Bible said, be not hearers of the word only, but... See, we may know to lift up our hands and praise God, for God inhabits the praises of his people. But if we don't do it, even though we have the, 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 the knowledge of doing it, we need the wisdom of how to enter into that. So look at this. Happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains knowledge. Now watch this. Wisdom. For wisdom's proceeds are better than the profits of silver. How can wisdom be better than silver and gold? Because wisdom and knowledge will show you how to make silver and gold or gain silver and gold, but it'll also show us how once we've made it, we hold on to it and don't lose it. How many ever seen somebody win the lottery? They win, they win a hundred million. They're living in a trailer and they win a hundred million dollars. Where are they in two or three years? Usually more broke than before they, why? Because they got them silver and gold, but they didn't get the wisdom and knowledge on how to hold on to it. God's going to give it both to us. Her gain is more than gold. She is more precious than rubies and all the things that desire cannot compare with her. Length of days are in her right hand. When we get the wisdom of God, the knowledge of God, our days will be long. That means we'll live long. And our days will be good. We'll not just live long, but we're going to live good. How many want to live long and good? Now watch this. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasantness and her paths are peace, shalom, nothing missing, nothing broken. So how do we get all this happiness? How do we get all this this peace? How do we get all this prosperity? How do we get all this joy? The Bible says by understanding the word of God and not only understanding it, but learning how to use it. Now somebody, the next question is, man, I wish I had that. That's why God gave us James chapter one. If any of you lack wisdom, Lord, why isn't this working? Why aren't I seeing the joy? Why aren't I seeing the prosperity? Why aren't I seeing the blessing? Why aren't I seeing the promises of God? And God said, if you lack wisdom, ask me and I will freely give it to you. Now, why is this important? Because when we get wisdom, everybody say wisdom. When we get wisdom, we get joy, we got prosperity, we get peace, nothing missing, nothing broken, we get happiness, we get uh, uh, healing. How many want, if you want wisdom today that comes from the throne of God, I want you to give the Lord a great big clap offering and tell him you want wisdom. Now, I'm so excited to preach this. Have you got Matthew? I am so excited to preach this because this is thrilling. Okay, Matthew chapter 16, one of my famous, one of my favorite verses in all the Bible, Matthew 16, verse 13. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I, the son of man am? Whole, whole teaching in that. And they said, some say you're John the Baptist, some Elijah. Others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, you are Christ. You are the son of the living God. 
Now, let me stop right there. Now, I, I, boy, I, I want to not go down too many side tracks here because I want to get to the main thing. But I need to throw this, this in. Who do you think Jesus is? Because according to your faith, be it unto you. For the first 17, 18 years that Tiz and I pastored, we were taught that God is a God of poverty. God is a God of suffering. God is a God that doesn't care about anything on this earth. It's all about heaven. And so on this earth, we weren't, we never missed our tithe, never missed an offering, never made a pledge and didn't pay it, but never saw the blessing of God. Why? Because the church told us that. And then one day I got around guys like Creflo Dollar and, and John Avanzini, and I heard them talking about prosperity. And I thought prosperity was the P word. You know, it's a bad word. You don't use that word in church. Then all of a sudden I found out that it's my father's good pleasure to give this to me. And I said, wait a minute, you mean it's okay for me to prosper? It's not a bad word? And I found out the Bible said, beloved, I would above all things that you prosper and be in hell. God wants to heal us. God wants to prosper us. And so it wasn't that God was holding anything back. It was my lack of knowledge. Now, the good thing, once I got the knowledge, I got everything back that the devil stole, and so will you. Somebody shout amen. Amen. So you got to realize, who do you say? Who do you say God is? If you say God's the God of healing and prosperity and joy and happiness and peace, then to you, he is now free to be exactly who he said he is. All right, now watch this. Simon Peter said to him, you are the Christ. The word Christ means the one who removes the burden, forgives us of our sin, and, everybody say and. And. Say and. And. He he forgives our sin and he breaks every curse. If we're not seeing prosperity, if we're not seeing joy, if we're not seeing peace, we need to break that curse so that we can move into the blessings of God. Can I have a loud amen? Amen. All right, so we'll, we'll get into that more. He said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father in heaven. In other words, you didn't get this out of Sunday school. You got a revelation from God. The word of God's got to go from here into here. And once it's in here, it comes out here. Whatever comes out here is what's in here out of the heart the mouth speaks and so we need to say he is the christ he is the god of prosperity he is the god that cancels debt he is the god that heals the sick he is the god that sets the captive free me and my family are serving god me and my family are going to heaven me and my family are going to be the lenders not the borrowers say amen all right, now watch this. Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this, but my Father which is heaven. And I say to you that you are Peter. You recognize who I am. I recognize who you are. Now, now w- without getting into this too much, Peter's real name was what? Simon, which meant the reed. Wishy-washy, weak, bending with every wind that comes his way. But once he realized Jesus is the Christ, 
He is the one who will remove the burden and break the yoke. He went from being a reed that gets beat up every time the devil comes by to being a rock. And no wind of this world can bend a rock. Say, I'm a rock. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're a rock. Not rocks in your head, you're a rock. And I also say to you that you are Peter and on this rock... I will build my church, now watch this, and the gates of hell will not prevail, will not beat you up, will not win anymore. Now look at this next verse. Do you believe Jesus is the Christ? All right, then this word is to you. I give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. I tell people all the time, we always stay after church and pray with people, and I say, come in agreement. I, don't let somebody pray for you, but let somebody pray with you. Because whenever two come in agreement, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. In other words, we're up there going, Jesus, I, I need prosperity. And Jesus said, well, then loosen it. We keep asking Jesus to do what Jesus already did. You keep asking Jesus to do what Jesus already did. Jesus, heal me. By my stripes, you were healed. So you, you bind that. Don't ask Jesus to do. When Jesus hung on that cross, he said, it's finished. Now that you know who I am, I give you the keys to the kingdom. Are you with me? Okay, now here's, here's, here's what it says. Whatever you bind on earth, I'm binding it with you. Whatever you loosen, whatever you release, I'm releasing it with you. Now here's what I get all the time. Well, pastor, I tried it and it doesn't work. Well, first off, you've got to realize who you are in God. We're so caught up in pride. Pride comes before a fall that sometimes it bounces back the other way. You are not God's little children. My Bible says you are joint heirs with Christ Jesus. The first thing is you need to realize who you are in God. Whatever you bind on earth. Jesus said, as my father sent me, I'm going to send you. And when you realize that Jesus is not living amongst us, but Jesus is living in you, then you begin to understand the power that you have. This is why Jesus said, I command you, wait for the power. See, the Holy Spirit is not just about falling down and flipping around and flopping around. The Holy Spirit is to lead you, guide you, give you wisdom and knowledge. But it is power because Jesus said, my father sent me. Did you see what I did? I opened blind eyes. I brought gold coins out of fish's mouth. I raised the dead. I cast out sickness and disease. And as my father sent me, now I'm sending you. Go ye into all the world. Are you with me? Now, now listen to where I'm going on this. Because we say, well, I've tried it, but it doesn't work. 
Most people will say, you know what, pastor, I did it and it was okay for a little while. How many have ever experienced that? You know, I did it and and it was better for a little while and then it got worse. Let me show you why. If we were to take time and read Leviticus chapter 16, it would show that when the high priest went into the temple of God, he would go in, take the blood of the lamb, and he would sprinkle the blood of the lamb on the mercy seat how many times? Seven times. How many times did Jesus shed his blood? Seven times. Everybody say seven. Seven. Now, if you don't know that, With all you're getting, get wisdom and knowledge. If you don't know that, you can sing about the blood, you can plead about the blood, you can preach about the blood, you can speak about the blood, you can claim the blood, but you might as well just be saying, Hail Mary, full of grace, because all it is is religion. You've got to know the truth, and when you know that truth and understand that truth, then that truth, and only then will that truth set you free. Now watch this. Now watch, 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 watch. The high priest would come in, sacrifice the kid or sacrifice the lamb, and he would sprinkle the blood on the mercy seat seven times. This would release the blessing. But then he had to do something else. He then took the blood of that lamb to the door of the tabernacle. Everybody say door. Door. Everybody say door. Remember when Israel's come out of Egypt, he said, when I see the blood on the door, I will stand in front of your door, in front of your money, in front of your children, in front of your marriage, and I will forbid the angel of death to destroy your family anymore. The door to your family now is your heart. The seven sprinkles of blood is the garden of Gethsemane. The, the, the whipping post, the crown of thorns in his hands, in his feet, in his side, bruised for our transgressions, wound, wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquity. The blessing's there. It's already there. But then he goes to the door of the tabernacle, and you're the tabernacle of God now, and he puts the curses on a goat and sends it to the desert. If that goat makes it back in, The curses come back in and block the blessing. So while that goat is gone, there's a period of freedom. There's a period of peace. There's a period of healing. There's a period of prosperity. If that goat dies in the wilderness, then the the peace and the prosperity lasts for the year. But if that goat comes back in, it ends that period of peace, and it blocks the blessing. Now, let me show you something probably you've never seen before. Go with me to Matthew chapter 12. You got a minute? You ready to get the blessing and keep the blessing once and for all? Matthew chapter 12, verse 43. If you have it, say amen. amen. Now look, look at me and say, don't look at, don't read the scripture. No, 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 look at it. <laughs> the high priest, and Jesus is our high priest. He comes and sprinkles the blood on the mercy seat. 
The mercy seat is a seat in which we get the blessings of God, not because we deserve it, but because God's a good God. I don't want God giving me what I deserve. I want given to me and I want given to you what's been paid in full by the blood of Jesus Christ. So the blessings released. The second goat. Remember who? Remember Peter said to Jesus, you're the Christ. You're the burden removing and you're the curse destroying. So the blessing is released. The blessings released, prosperity is released, debts are being canceled, healings are taking place, marriages are being touched, while the goat is in the wilderness. But if that goat finds its way back to the door of Jerusalem, the blessing is now stopped and the curse came back in. You got it? Look at verse 43. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes to a desert place, seeking rest and finding none. Then he says, I'll return to my house. I'm going to go back to that guy that just sent me out. I'll return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it empty, swept, and put in order. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter and dwell there, and the last state of the man is worse than the first state, so it shall be with this wicked generation. Now watch what happens. We get all round up in faith, and we say that's right, and we go, devil, I bind you. I rebuke this thing off of my marriage. I rebuke this thing off of my children. I rebuke this thing off of my finances. And it goes out. And we're feeling a season of prosperity. We're feeling a season of blessing. We're feeling a season that maybe our marriage is going to work. We feel a season where we're getting along with our kids. But that spirit goes out to the desert place, comes back in. How does it know that it's the house is swept and clean and garnished because the door is still open and it sees into the house and it realizes these people have not put the seven places Jesus shed his blood. How many places Jesus shed his blood? How many other spirits come back in? So we cast out debt. We cast out poverty. And it has to obey you. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loosen on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And so we get a period. Now watch this. We get, you got a few minutes? I'm telling you, if you'll get this, you're not going to go through the roller coaster anymore. You're not going to go like this anymore. You're going to go like this. So we go and say, you know what? My marriage is being attacked. I rebuke this thing. It has to obey you. How many have ever seen people get healed and then they get sick and worse? Let me tell you why. We cast it out. It's got to, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. It goes out, but it comes back. Listen, I put the blood of Jesus on my door every day, morning, noon, and night. Say amen. 
I'm not hoping I get blessed. I'm claiming I get blessed. I'm not hoping the devil won't steal my money. I'm putting the blood on the door of my house so the devil can steal my money. Come on, somebody needs to give me an amen. Now watch this. So we cast out, we cast out the spirit of anger. You got an anger problem. Anger's ruining your marriage. Anger's ruining your family. Anger's ruining your business. So you cast it out and then you feel pretty good. But it comes back and sees that we haven't applied the seven. Most churches don't, most Christians don't even know that Jesus shed his blood seven times. But be not hearers of the word only, but doers. So it comes, anger comes back and anger goes, you cast anger out, but anger goes and gets seven worse. Anger goes and gets debt. Anger goes and gets poverty. Anger goes and gets divorce. Anger goes and gets sickness. Anger goes and gets disease. And it says, come on, here's a believer. Yeah, they got forgiven. Their house is swept and garnished, but they're, my people destroyed by the lack of knowledge. The door is still open. Come on. I know a place that we can go in and vex the children of God. And when these children of God give up, all their family will give up. All their friends will give up. Well, I'm here to tell the devil right now. We're not giving up. We're casting that out. We're putting the blood on our door and we're shutting the door forever. Somebody shout amen. Is anybody getting this? Now watch this. Can I show you two more scriptures? Everybody say seven times. Seven times Jesus shed his blood. If the door is open... Then that enemy comes and gets seven of its friends. It worked for a while. From this day on, it's going to work forever. Can I give you something? Go with me. You got your Bibles? Deuteronomy chapter 6. You know, I know a lot of times that in, in the day and age, well, don't have people turning the Bible. No, I, you, you know what? You know what happens when you're turning the, when you bring a Bible, you brought your sword. You know what happens when you open your Bible? You sharpen the sword. Nobody goes to war without a sword. God help us. We get to the point that we're trying to be so visitor friendly. We don't read the Bible anymore. Only one that doesn't want us to read the Bible is the devil. Because my people destroyed for what reason? With all you're getting, get what? Wisdom, knowledge. Look at this. Chapter 6, verse 1. Now this is the commandment. And these are the statutes and the judgments which the Lord your God has commanded to teach you. That you may observe them in the land which you are crossing over to possess. You're about to go into the promised land. We're about to shut the door to your enemy. And we're not going to be living in blessing, missing blessing. You and I are about to live from blessing to blessing to blessing to blessing to blessing to blessing. And become that glorious church. If you're ready to be that glorious church, I want you to give the Lord a clap offering and say yes. That glorious church. Which the Lord commanded teach you that you may observe them in the land which you are crossing over to possess. That you may fear the Lord your God. That word fear means to be awed by him. Wow. What an awesome God we serve. The Lord your God to keep his teachings and his commandments 
which I command you, you and your son and your grandson all the days of your life and that your days may be prolonged. Now watch this. Therefore, hear, O Israel, this word right here that we're about to read in, in Hebrew is called the Shema. It's exactly what they came to Jesus and said, are you teaching something new? Jesus said, no, I'm not teaching anything new. What's the greatest of all the commandments? Hear, O Israel. The word Shema in Hebrew means hear, listen, pay attention. This is the most important thing. That's exactly what Jesus, our Lord and Savior, is teaching. Are you ready? Hear, O Israel, and be careful to observe that it may be well with you that you may multiply greatly as the Lord our God, our fathers, have promised you a land flowing with milk and honey. Are you ready to go into the promise? Hear, O Israel, this is it. Hear, O Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up, you shall bind them on your right hand and they shall be as frontless between your eyes. Now look at this next verse. We're talking about shutting the door, shutting the door. So the seven words, once you send it out, it's going to come to your door and it's going to go this door cannot be crossed the father himself guards this door how do you know because i see the blood of the lamb on the door of this family we're out of here boys we can't cross anymore are you ready watch this you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates and it shall be when the lord god brings you in the land which he swore to your fathers abraham isaac and jacob to give you lord and beautiful cities which you did not build Houses full of things. How many need some things? No, come on. Nobody. How many need some things? How many want some things? When your house is full of things, you know, things like fishing boats, things like motorcycles, things like new rifles, things like uh, what other things? Diamonds. I knew the girls would jump in there. When your when your houses are full of all good things which you did not fill, hewed out wells which you did not dig, vineyards and olive trees which you did not plant, when you have eaten or are full, then beware lest you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Look what he says. He said, "I want you to take my word." And he said, I want you to put it on the doorpost of your house. If we had a picture, you would see if we were in Israel or at my house or many of your houses. We take a thing that that is commandment of this scripture. It's called the mezuzah. And we put it on the door of our house. Why? Number one, to let everybody know this house is under the guidance of God Almighty. This house is under the blessing of God Almighty. This house is under the protection of God Almighty. And so when I read that, and I'm thinking about the seven places Jesus shed his blood, and I'm thinking about you cast a demon out, it comes back, finds the door open, goes out and gets seven worse, goes out and gets sickness, goes out and gets anger, goes out and gets drugs, goes out and gets divorce, goes out and gets poverty, and it 
comes back in. I said, devil, we're going to make a stand that we always remember and you always remember. So I went to Israel and I had them build a mezuzah for us. When you go to Israel, you go to my office, you'll see it on the doorpost of the house. This is what it said, so that you won't forget, I'm the one that brings you prosperity. I'm the one that brings you peace. But I went to Israel, and I had a mezuzah made for all of us. You can't get this anywhere else in the world. All of us, and it has seven drops of blood. So that when you put this on the doorpost of your house, and you come walking in, you go, you know what, devil, you can't cross this line anymore the blood of jesus is on there and you will never have uh, somebody give the lord a clap off now watch this one more one more i gotta give this to you deuteronomy chapter 28 turn there with me real quick deuteronomy chapter 28 how many love the word of god Man, this is powerful. I feel, I'm, man, you know what's going to happen when you put that mezuzah on your, we have people all the time come and knock on our door and they see the mezuzah on our door. We have one on our, on our living room. I mean, on our front door, we have one. The Bible actually says to put it on every door, put it on your children's door, put it on your bedroom, put it on your office, every, every place, put it on your garage, every place except the bathroom. And when you walk in, it's a reminder. I am blessed in my coming and I am blessed in my going. I'm blessed in my family. I'm blessed in my house. I'm blessed in my body. But I'm going to tell you something. I believe it's going to be a sign not only to you that you're blessed, but it's going to be a sign to you and the enemy that this house is blood bought. This house is blood covered. This house has the anointing of God. And God himself will stand at the door of your house and make every angel of darkness pass you by. He's not coming in anymore. He's not getting his seven buddies anymore. We are shutting the door once and for all. And we are reminding ourselves we have a covenant with Almighty God that cannot be broken. Somebody shout amen. One more scripture. Are you okay? Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1. Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you, because the, uh, you obeyed the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city. Blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body and the produce of your ground and the increase of your herds and the increase of your cattle. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out. And the Lord will cause your enemies. Now look at this. The Lord will cause your enemies to rise up against you and be defeated before your face. They shall come in, uh, they shall come out against you one way and they will flee before you. They will flee before you seven different ways. 
And so when you, when you, when you, this is a faith builder, when you put this on your front door, on your back door, on your bedroom, when you put this on your bedroom and you and your wife have been having a dispute or the devil's trying to attack your marriage, you walk by that and say, devil, you may have come in one way, but you're fleeing seven different ways by the blood of the lamb. There are business people. You need to put it on the door of your office. And you, when the devil comes in and says, I'm going to take your finances. I'm going to ruin your business. I'm going to make you go bankrupt. You say, devil, you may have come in one way. But by the seven places Jesus shed his blood, you're not only going out the way you came in. You're taking six of your buddies with you. Me and my house. Oh, somebody ought to shout amen. Somebody shout amen. You need to put one on the doorpost of your baby's bedroom or your grandchildren. Our grandchildren got it on their bedroom. And when we go to bed at night, we say, devil, you cannot come in here. You cannot give them bad dreams. Your babies are never going to be on drugs. The devil's never going to bring that to your children. Why? Because we're reminding you that the blood of Jesus is on our babies seven different ways. Somebody give the Lord a clap offering. Authority, peace, restoration, freedom, healing, dominion, prosperity, all seven places. You will not, you will not, and I'm not saying, I'm not doing this to to sell you something. I'm doing this to give you the commandment of God says, take my word and put it on. There's a scroll that goes inside of this. That's got Deuteronomy 6 in there. That's got Deuteronomy 11 in there. There's a scroll in there that's got hero Israel. And God said, take my word and put it on the doorpost of your house. The greatest illustration I ever had. We've been doing this in our home for over 10 years. And when Katie was 9 or 10 years old, she had a friend of hers when we were in Portland come in. And she saw the, the mezuzah on Katie's door. This little girl went to another church, precious little girl. And she said, Katie, what's that? And Katie said, that's a mezuzah. And the little girl said, what does that mean? She said, well, God said in his word to take my word and put it on the doorposts of your house so that you can remember my covenants. And Katie said, it's to remind me that I'm blessed when I come in and I'm blessed when I go out. But it's also to remind me, if I want to be blessed coming in, i got to be a blessing while I come in. And if I want to be a blessing, i go got to be a blessing when I go out. I don't know about you, but there's times, I have to admit, there's times the, the enemy's trying to come against, and I need a reminder. You know what? I've got the blood of Jesus on my house. I got the blood of Jesus on my family. And devil, you're a liar because God is going to, devil, you may have come in one way. But you're going out seven different ways by the blood of the Lamb. Somebody give the Lord a clap offering. Tell him you love him. Amen. I want every head bowed, every eye closed. No one looking around here just for a moment. As our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. No one is moving. I wonder how many are here right now. And you say, Pastor Larry, I want that joy. I want that peace. I want that blessing into my life. Can I tell you something? It's simple. It comes by knowing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. 
This morning as every head is bowed, every eye is closed, no one's looking around. You're here right now and say, Pastor, I want to receive Jesus. I want to give Jesus my life. I want to surrender my life. I've never been born again. Or maybe you have, but somewhere along the line you fell away. And today you want to give your life or rededicate your life to Jesus. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, right there in your seat, would you hold your hand up so that I can see it and just keep it up there saying, I want to ask Jesus into my heart. Somebody give these people a great big God bless. Amen. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me all over the building? And I want to ask us to pray this together. Now, this, let me say this so that, so that it's very clear. This is, this is not a good luck charm. God don't need good luck charms. He says things because he knows that we need to be reminded. But I believe there's something, is there something supernatural in anointing someone with oil? Yes. We've already seen when I taught on the Talit a few weeks ago, the miracles that we're seeing. Is there something supernatural about covering ourselves with Talit? Yes. Why? Because God said so. God said so. And he says, if you obey me, He said, I will bless you in your coming. I'll bless you. He actually says, and this is the part I like. He said, I will overtake you in blessing. Now, I don't know how many people are trying to outrun the blessing. Think about what he says. I'm going to overtake you. Why would he have to overtake us? Because everything is already so blessed. We're going, I just can't take it. Oh, here it goes. Okay. All right. Here it comes. How many want to get to the point that God is overtaking you with joy? Come on. Come on. Give the Lord a clap offering. Overtaking you. Lift up your hands. Let's all say this together. Say out loud. Father, I come to you right now in the name of Jesus. I know I've sinned. We've all sinned. But I know this. You love me so much. You sent Jesus Christ to pay the price in full for all my sin. Right now, I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. Now say this with authority. Satan, get out of my life. Get out of my mind. Get out of my body. Get out of my home. Get out of my finances. Get out of my family. Get out of my future. I declare in the name, by the blood, seven places, every curse, every family curse, every generational curse is broken and reversed. Joy is mine. Peace is mine. Health is mine. Happiness is mine. It's all mine. It's all mine. It's all mine. Not someday, but today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now give the Lord a clap offering.